Welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, um, with a G, not with a C. Joined today, just uh, just we're triple threatening it here, um, with Louis McCaffrey, um, also known as the housewife's favourite. He's wearing a Nets Brooklyn, uh, Net, a Nets basketball cap. Yeah. Um, they're apparently from Brooklyn. They're my favourite team. Um, he's wearing a sort of um, nice sort of grey... T-shirt, some smashing jeans, and a pair of uh, trainers. They are. Let's not even give away the brand. Well, well good to have you. Uh, I, I, I well, you need to answer that. It's good to be here from my point of view. Right, you've not started the podcast, Willie. I'll be honest with you. Kieran, Kieran Harren, the freight train, um, also known as Keza. Um, we know him as very various names. He's got a big scratch in his hand because they've got a new cat in the flat. Uh, he's wearing some cracking uh, sort of skinny. Um, Jogging trousers. Um, he's got a green hoodie, and uh, yeah, he's looking good. It's actually teal. I have you know. You've not started the podcast well either. So this you'll, is you'll, well. Let's just stop this right now. And we'll go up the road then. Well, this is just like Celtic versus Barcelona because yeah. nobody started that fucking game. Well, well. Let, let's hope no, because it didn't that get quite, any better. That was quite good, Sammy. Come on, that was quite good. Is that your segue? Ho- you hopefully, we're going to improve. <laughs> <laughs> I've got another segue to Inverness as well. But no, um, okay, so. Uh, I am wearing a kind of cool shirt, but I don't really care. Yeah. Okay. So Celtic versus Barcelona was, in my opinion, one of the fucking worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've played Barcelona so much over the last decade since 2004. I think was the first time we've played them in a sort of modern standpoint. Um, that that's the first time I've ever watched a game of football, and I desperately wanted it to end. Um, I was very, very close to actually turning up. We were in the pub. I was close to walking out. You were close to walking out. And it's not through any sort of um, not supporting the team. It was done in a sort of case of literally scared to watch what what was going to happen next. If anyone doesn't know, it was 7-0. And I'll be honest, I couldn't even tell you who scored. I know somebody got a hat-trick. Probably Messi. Is that right? Yes. Messi got a hat-trick. Suarez got two. Suarez got two. Neymar get one. Neymar. Iniesta. Iniesta. What I would say is Iniesta's goal was a fucking piece of beauty. <laughs> that's <laughs> one goal where you kind of sit back and you go, nobody's stopping that. So that was sensational. Um, thoughts on Barcelona, uh, Louis? Um, not too much of a surprise performance-wise. Obviously, no, kind of hoped that we wouldn't um, wouldn't get beat by by seven goals, but. At the same time, I really wasn't bothered about that game. I, I wasn't particularly excited about the game after the five-one at the weekend. Obviously, on a on a massive high, 
but I expected this to get comf- comfortably beat. I didn't. I really didn't think that we could match them really in any way. I, th- I actually thought, th- kind of over the piece, I thought we were actually quite good when we went forward. It didn't happen very often, but when we did break forward, we, we actually looked all right. We won a penalty. Um, we won a penalty, yep. But um, Barcelona could do that to anybody. I mean, they, they, they then went and, and won 5 1 at the weekend. Um, just there. Those players, those players are on a totally different planet. They make the game look like a different game to what we play, and you have to respect that. You have to respect the difference in in quality, and just like there was a difference in quality uh, in the the Glasgow derby that we won comfortably, there was a difference between those two teams. You would have to say that there is there's at least a, a seven goal difference between us and the Barcelona players. Messi, Neymar, Suarez, Iniesta, these players who scored are absolutely on different planets compared to the players that we've got. So, hard to take. We didn't do the the basic things right and we did let ourselves down, but those players can hurt anybody. Kieran, the, um, do the, the front, those front three of 200, was it 257 goals in two years? That's scary. There, there, there's absolutely no doubt. I mean, we're all realists, let's be honest, we all knew Celtic were going to lose. I don't think anyone would have thought that we would have lost by such a margin. But Kieran... I, I would have said five. I would. I was, like I said, before the game, I was like, we're just going to go out there. To be honest, I want to get a game done with it. I'm glad that out of the six games, that was the first one. We've just got that out of the way. We've hopefully got that out of our system where we just didn't even compete defensively either. And that's the thing, we went to a back three which really was a back five because the fullbacks were pushed back, but yet we still couldn't prevent them kind of getting through the, getting between the lines between the, the defence and the midfield and also just carving us apart. So, so I mean, some of the defending for some of the goals, you, to me it looked like they could have done a bit better. They could have been a bit tighter to the players. They could have put a foot in. But on the other hand, you're thinking, well, this is Barcelona. This is what they do. It, 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 when you're watching it for TV, you think, I just put your foot and you'll get the ball, but the, the balls went that quickly and the sight of pass, by the time our defence notice it, it's already gone uh, past us, so they can't really put that in. But, but the thing was, I, I didn't even think they killed us with the ball, I think they killed us without the ball, because That's their, exactly their, movement, did, yeah. their movement off the ball, the runs that those players were making were insane. Like, and, and they, they look, at, as you say, they do things that look very simple on the pitch. But it actually takes a hell of a lot of intelligence from a footballer to make the runs that they're making. I mean, the number of times Suarez are made, but it, the, even when they were getting in behind and making it look so so easy, the thing was they had set it up a couple of passes before to make the space to get in there, and that sort of thing, you know, really thinking ahead in in your passage of play is something that Barcelona have perfected over years and years and years and it's something that we don't do and certainly don't defend against uh, um, valid points from both and I, I, I agree uh, the only issue I have is I think we still made it too easy for them I think Celtic um, I think it's a 5-0 I know that's going to sound ridiculous and I'm going to sound like Mark Warburton I think we gave them two goals it wasn't a 7-0 game it wasn't that a 7-0 saying. game I'm telling you <laughs> to be fair it actually was about a 10-0 game but <laughs> No, but I, I think we gave them two goals. Um, I we, th- when you see the first half, it was only 2-0. Yeah. And the, uh, the first half, we kind of 
we kind of kept them at bay. But then I suppose when it comes to second half starts, and then by next time you next you know it's five 0 the heads are down and you, you could see. I mean, it was at five 0 Where was it? Was five 0 at still twenty minutes to go, half an hour to go, and you're just thinking the poor's like, oh, we have to got to get through the next half an hour and try and not concede more. And mm. it's just hard for them because, like you said, without the ball, it's. It's the chasing. It's that. I mean, the light game. So a lot of people do compare them to being like a boxer, where they kind of have. They're the kind of ones that control the pace, and they're the ones that have. They, they don't do a lot of running, a lot of movement. They just make the opposition bust their balls, and they're knackered. And then by the sixty minutes, they're the opposition's knackered, and they just start picking people mm. off, picking passes off, and have these mentally so knackered after an hour and physically that. That's. I still. I, I don't watch Barcelona. That often, I I probably only really see them in the Champions League, so I I don't really watch them in the league games. But even for me watching it, I th- I think there was a quite a difference there compared to the Pep Guardiola Barca, where it was it was proper passing you to death sideways constantly, and you had to watch because the ball was moving constantly. But there was a lot more runs, there was a lot more running in behind and intelligent movement and things like that, which Pep had, but it was more really trying to, as you say, run you ragged, whereas I felt, I felt at times we actually defended the space alright, like in, in terms of the amount of space between our players in the first half was alright, but as the game went on, the second half we lost confidence, there was holes everywhere. What I would say is, um, defending the space in terms of Messi's first goal, Messi didn't, ah, Messi exactly. didn't do anything Messi-esque to get that space. Messi literally walked into space. That's what I mean when I say he didn't... There were certain points in that game where it, we made it so easy for them. And I'm not even talking about like, um, oh, they're a Champions League team and we are, you know, maybe not a Champions League team and, you know, they, they've done stuff that's, you know, really used magic and skill and technique to get by us. I'm talking about fucking base level football here. Bitton stopped his track on Messi, just stopped... Messi walked into space. Yeah. You know, can somebody mark the best player on the planet? I mean, just even have a look at where he is. Look over your shoulder. We made... And again, listen, this isn't a a game, to be honest, we'll ever talk about probably. Well, and at the same time, you should should herald herald your defeats as good as your thingy because ultimately, um, we did things in this game that were so below amateur level that... You know, if Kieran goes to see Pollock, are we going to see Pollock next week? Guys will mark their man. You know, basics. Yeah. That's what... It's bad enough that you're playing Barcelona, but see when you make it easy for them. They didn't get out of fifth gear. Like, they weren't... Is that right, or does it go the other way? No. They didn't... First gear's the good but, one, right? That's where you start off. Right, okay. They, 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 yeah. were, they had gears to go through. There Aye. we go. That's what I should have said. But they, they, plenty of gears to go through, and when you make simple... When you don't do the basics... Then you are you you're going to lose to normal teams, let alone the best team on yeah. the planet. But the, the other thing was a lot of the time they were attacking our fullbacks, and we had Gamboa playing his first first game at right back. Um, and I'm sure we'll get on to him later. But he's a, he's at right back, never played before, and his first game he's thrown in at right back. You know, <laughs> against Barcelona, and then you've got Tierney who probably had his worst game. For Celtic and I, got, I, I I thought he looked really. Looked he looked panicky. like he looked, he looked very panicky. He, he looked like a kid. He looked yeah. like a child. It's which the, was which was 
it's fine because he was up against Messi. Oh, yeah, exactly. The best, the best in the world. Exactly. But yeah. they they saw those areas, I think, as a weakness more than obviously the middle of the pitch. You get three centre halves, and then you've got two defensive midfielders, if you like. They knew they weren't really going to go push through the centre of us. They went for our weak areas, and we were really weak there. Yeah, I think when when we've beat Barcelona in the past, or when we've you know lost but put in a good performance, it's because we've been a unit. Don't want to sound all Tony 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 Pulis here or whatever, but we were a unit. We weren't a unit there. When I saw Celtic, when when Barcelona wave after wave of attack, I didn't see a unit. I seen individual footballers, yeah. and that is the thing that worried me. Not because they're like I'm going to put a positive spin. Um, I thought Scott Brown was great. Why is everyone? Why is it went silent? I genuinely don't know why it went silent. I thought Scott Brown was great. Um, I thought Scott Sinclair, the small pockets that he found, and obviously he, he was on. He was a hiding to nothing. Um, but when he got the ball, he used it with um, determination. And Dembele again, he's a guy who, after the penalty miss, I think he kind of shrunk in his shell. But he's a twenty-year-old kid, and he still won the penalty and had the balls to take it. Um, Tierney, I wouldn't necessarily say. The thing about Tierney is, it's the first time you've ever looked at him, and he looked not assured. It's the first yeah. time, a bit again, that you wouldn't even question that he goes in a box right now, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, the only person to make a tackle was Eric Sviachenko. We made one, pretty much one tackle. Um, Rakitic took him out the game, <laughs> but still, it was a fair tackle. Yeah, right. No, no, um, Scott Brown's wee petulant push on Neymar was absolutely wanted me to make me punch the fucking ground um, because. If you're going to get a stupid pitch on the tackle, do it for an on the ball thing. Don't do it off for off the ball because that's just stupid. Did anyone else stand? Did anyone stand out for you, Kieran, from a positive standpoint? Because by the way, we'll get to the fucking goalkeeper in a minute. Um, other than what you've mentioned, unfortunately, no. Um, I don't think Turia Lustig really did very much. Um, but I mean, it's a hard, it was a hard game. And the other thing I've got, I was going to say as well, when it came to the kind of marking your men, it's hard to mark them because they move around, mm. and you and you can't man mark you can't man mark Messi or Neymar because they play in the wing, so you can't have your fullbacks following them around the pitch because once they form in the pitch, there you go. There's a wee gap opened up, um, and sometimes when you've seen that when Andy did track some runners, a gap would appear. So you, I mean, you, as a player, you've got to be able to watch the ball. You've also got to watch around you for who's around you because you don't you don't you don't know because one minute Neymar could be going from the left hand side, next minute he's in the middle, right beside see Brown. So Brown's got to be, but Brown's still maybe marking somebody else, watching the ball, but then has to anticipate something. So uh, the, the movement is scary for Barcelona. And like I said, some of, some, of, some of the best defenses in the world still cannot mark yeah. that yeah. movement. You have you have to be so so well organised defensively as a as a team, not just even their back four or five or three, whatever. You have to be so well organised because you have to pass off. If you're you've you're gonna marking a man at one point and he moves on, you've got to pass him on to the guy next to you. And that sort of thing takes a lot of organisation, communication, all that. We played on the Saturday one, obviously everybody's on a high. You've got Sunday to relax. Monday you're on a plane to Barcelona. You know, there was no time really to prepare. But I did I did think slightly that maybe Rodgers maybe got it wrong. I think he got I, it wrong. In, in, in parts. For me personally... Gamboa, I, Gamboa was... Um, sorry to jump in, Louis. But Gamboa, 
summed his performance up when he goes to take the throw in, he gets the pass back and it goes through his legs and out for a, a, a shy. But, but, it, but then, I, on the other hand, I can understand why he played him because of his pace. But the thing was, I, we needed an out ball. And Sinclair was it, but we needed one on the other side of the pitch. And he played Paddy Roberts. Now, Paddy Roberts, for the last few games, we'll get to the weekend later, but the past few games, he hasn't really done much. And he's not got the pace. Now, Forrest was in form. I think Forrest should have started because at least he's got the pace that Forrest, if, if nothing else, he can run into space Did and he can, carry, he can carry him last week. He can carry the ball. Did you actually pick him last week? And I'm not being a dick, I'm just wondering. I think well, you might have I, went with I, Roberts. No, no, I think I think I did go with Roberts. Good. But I think in in hindsight's a wonderful thing. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 you can't deny that. But I thought we might our confidence might help us get up the par- the park a bit more. And yet we were so, so hemmed in that they kept us so tight into our own box that when it gets like that, you need to maybe change it and go, I need somebody to run with this ball. And Paddy Roberts, although he had some beautiful touches and he and he he took the the ball away from a couple of Barca players at, at one point in kind of tight areas, which, which his feet were fantastic, but he's not somebody who can really run... 20, 30 yards with the ball forward and just relieve a bit of pressure. However, he's the opposite. He can keep the ball. Forrest couldn't do that. Yeah. Forrest would either run onto the ball or run with the ball at his feet. Whereas, I think he was maybe looking for, if we're going to play the ball out, yeah. if we need an out ball, we need something to hold the ball up. And it's not just not so much just a physicality where you had to have Dembele, but also with Roberts with the conference and the ball at his feet. Like we said, we've seen him, he did... He did run past a few of the, the Barca defenders with the ball at his feet. Forrest can't do that. Forrest can't take men on. So, for you to play Forrest, you're looking to play the ball long over the fence and him to run onto it. See, when he gets the ball, sometimes he's, most times he's wasteful with it. He's not good at But he's been good ball. recently. Yeah, you can't deny he's been in but form. He's, but then that's, but he's, been, he's been good when he's been running with the ball at defenders or he's been running past them. See, with this one, when the ball's got to be played into feet, Roberts is able to kind of use his, use his kind of technique to keep the ball not not by his physicality, but just by his footwork, he's able to keep the ball a wee bit, a wee bit more to try and get people at the park. Whereas with Forrest, he would just probably kick it and try and run past it, or he would just cut in and get bogged in with the midfielder. So yeah, yeah I, I think that, that it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. We've got two guys who've got very different um, qualities, um, as Kieran says. Forrest is probably a better out ball in terms of balls in behind is what he'll run onto, whereas uh, Roberts is better by keeping the ball. So, you know, if we had that combination of both, you know, he wouldn't be playing for us. Um, just to back, back to your point about the movement and all that, I agree with you. I think I, I agree with that point about it's hard to mark them. I just mean when you're tracking someone and you stop and they continue, that that's the only kind of point I'll make on, on the Messi thing. Because, look, Messi's Messi. He's the best player on the planet. We went in at, we went in at 2-0. Um, at half time there was a penalty we missed it I knew we'd miss it I think I turned to you Kieran and I went this is a miss my dad went this is a fucking miss well it did take a long time neither did the right thing neither did the kind of time wasting tactics which yeah. did seem to kind of work if that penalty goes in Louis McCaffrey it's a different game um, because you mentioned a word there a minute ago confidence as soon as that ball penalty was missed I think Dembele, he's a human being, he reacts to, he's also a young boy, he reacts to, you know, bad stuff that happens. His head went down a little bit. I think the team's head went down a little bit because they knew that was the only... And then within 
three or four minutes, they score the second and it's officially game over. Um, the second goal was fucking horrendous to lose as well, but we're not. Go- there's no point trying to break down individual go- goals because we don't have enough time, Roddy. They talked for half an hour, if you can believe. Um, 19 minutes. Um, point is, Louis, penalty goes in. Affects the game, you think? <coughs> of course it affects the game. I, I mean, it was... Um it it would obviously give you a wee bit of confidence. Um, whether you could, you know, stop them from scoring a goal uh, to to take it one each into uh, into half time, God knows. But at the end of the day, the way we played over the piece, Barcelona could have scored as many goals as they wanted. It was it was a shame. It would have been good, especially for Dembele after the the hat trick. It would have been good for him to get a goal there for his own his own belief. But. I think I said this, and I, I was semi-joking to hear in the pub, um, but football is about moments, right? And cheer up and stop, stop, stop sniggering. But just having the that, you know, cheating, the fact that we equalised against Barcelona, um, just would have been really good, and I think it would have done the confidence, uh, from everyone's perspective, good. Um, I'm going to go over some stats, and I'm not going to be... Before you go further... But another spin to put on it that the players should have had was they should have then had the confidence. Well, hold on a minute, we've actually got at their defence and we've forced an error from them. So we could still do more of that. So even if the penalty was missed, it's always been Scott Brown going right. Fair, fair enough, it's happened. No, let's keep at it. We can get up. We can get a ball out to them. We can get Sinclair and Dembele running at defence and forcing errors. We can get maybe another free kick. We could get another set piece, even though we're shite at them anyway, so we're pointless. Yeah. But. The, the whole thing of the penalty not getting heads down, I, I suppose that just it just kind of automatically happens. But it should have went another way as well. well. Do you know what? We're getting at them. We've got a chance out there, so let's just kind of concentrate on that. Um, just I'm not going to be exhaustive with stats because we're not one of those stats dickheads. Um, you know who you are. Um, but some interesting points here. Uh, Barcelona had 15 shots. Um, seven of them were goals. Uh, they had a 46% conversion rate in terms of, obviously, goals to shots. We had three shots. Two of them were on target. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> More than the other Glasgow team had yeah, in, the, in the derby. Pretty. Did they get a penalty with the count as one? I think so, <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, they did 72% possession, we had 28%. This is actually quite interesting. We had a 78% pass success rate which although we didn't make a lot of passes that's actually a pretty good pass success rate they had 90% but that's because they're Barcelona and how many passes did we have? Uh, 12 (laughs) I think it was in the region of uh, 170 odd style I'll try and get that right but um, they had we won the aerial duels 64% Um, expect so (laughs) they won more I'm sorry we had twenty four tackles. They had fifteen, um, and just to kind of on to do a bit of defending of Paddy Roberts. Paddy Roberts said as many dribbles as Lionel Messi. So there you go. Neymar had six. He was dribbling in his own box, or as Messi was dribbling in ours. I'm just trying. He was actually dribbling on his top, and it was that. Yeah, that's what we're waiting for, Kieran. Um We only had one set piece. They had four. Uh, we had one penalty. Okay, here we are. Um, this is boring, but no, just in terms of passes, uh, they had 
Um, and 90% of them were successful. We had 328 and 78%. That's uh, that's good. That, again, we're just looking at the positive. We had, uh, they had 10 through balls. We had two. We get beat 7 0. I'm just trying to look at the positives. No, there's no positives. It's in the past. Whatever website that is, you found, get off it. Uh, okay. Um, just to kind of keep up to date uh, with our rivals, Manchester City beat Borussia Mönchengladbach four goals to nil. I didn't see the game myself, but I was getting updates from Dermot Coyle, and Dermot said it was 4-0 going on about 10, and that Man City could have done to Gladbach what they did to us, but they kind of just took the foot off the, the gas for a little bit. Um Having said that, possession-wise, it was only 56% possession to Glad, um, Gladbach's 44. 23 shots, though. Which... Yeah, I heard that the Borussia's keeper was did, did save quite a fair bit. And that ties into what I want to talk about. Now, is it... You know, obviously, we're fighting for third if... If that's even fucking possible, frankly. Um, this was a hard group. And let's not beat around the bush. We still... We're still in transition. Brendan Rodgers has only been in the door since June, so there's always going to be rough with the smooth. Um, is there anything else you want to say on the Champions League game at the moment, or should we just focus on... Move on. Move on. Um, yeah. Now, you just said there, Kieran, that Borussia mentioned Gladbach's keeper had a really good game. And from a Celtic perspective, when we've beaten Barcelona in the past or we've played very well against them, Fraser Foster's had a good game, um, or just the goalkeeper in general. Um, David Marshall, famously in the in the new camp. Darius De Vries, um, I'll have to check with Bow to make sure that's the right pronunciation. Um, De Vries conceded seven goals. He looked at fault for a couple of those goals in the new camp. How did he do yesterday, Kieran? Um. I don't. F- I don't feel he did anything too wrong. Um, but, uh, there's possibly a lot of criticism around the goal, but to be honest, it was a wonderful strike. The freeze was at full stretch, and he had fingertips to it, so I can't really blame him for that goal. To be honest, and more more of a blame should be that the pa- the guy got the shot away anyway. The defender should have Gamboa kind of uh, stood off him a bit too much, um, and I think the freeze's reaction. Uh, but I mean. When you when you do his all round play, there's not a, over the last few games. There's not enough for me to prove or back up Rogers' decision to drop Gordon now. I, 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 the hasn't come in and made anything done anything better that I thought than Gordon. Um, his distribution is not is not well. It is a bit better than Gordon's. Gordon, Gordon's distribution was pretty poor. His kicking wasn't the greatest, and I, th- I think that was the, that's the bigger reason why he was dropped. But Gordon's a much better shot stopper, um, so you could we could possibly argue that he may have prevented a couple of goals against Barcelona. But he makes the big saves, Gordon. He makes the big saves the way that De Vries doesn't. Um, in my opinion, in my opinion, I think Craig Gordon's a better goalkeeper than De Vries. Does he have his fo- does he have his faults and his weaknesses? Of course, but every foot no football is perfect like that. Um, so I agree with you. I don't think De Vries has done enough where you'd go, oh, okay, I can see why Brendan Rodgers has brought him in. Louis? Um, <clears throat> well, un- until the until the goal, I, I was actually quite impressed with him. I thought he was good. Um, I thought I thought the, the defenders looked as if 
they were comfortable with him. They were quite happy to pass back to him. Um, he was he wasn't dwelling on things too much. He was just getting the ball out to their feet as quick as he could. I thought his throws were good. Again, looking to get it out early uh, and start moves off. But at the same time, I still think he got enough of a hand to it that he should have been able to have something behind it to prevent that goal. I, I really think he should have prevented that goal. I don't. I don't think this. I. Don't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame him for the second goal, but I. I do have. I do give him some blame for the first. And <clears throat> as you guys say, has he done enough to from from a goalkeeping point of view? To prove that he's better than Gordon? No, I don't think he does. I can see why he's in the team, the way he, the way he passes a ball, and how comfortable he looks with the ball at his feet. I understand that, but if you're not preventing the ball getting into the net, what's that's, the point? That's that, quite bad that, for a goalkeeper. That is your primary job is to stop that ball getting into the net. But it's about hard. But then at the end of the day, we've got to remember. I mean, the guy didn't have a preseason. Was he's only, I mean, this is what his fourth game fifth game he's still got to adjust I mean it's harder for a goalkeeper to have time to adjust because he's the last man at defence if you have a striker it takes him a bit look at Dembele we stuck with Dembele for a couple of games then he started getting a wee bit of he got got a couple of goals and then he kind of kicked on um, but then the thing is so that, that first goal that's getting nothing to do with settling in he should save but that. that but no but he's, he's that's he's instinct a, but he's full stretch he's full stretch and he gets fingers too. he can't stretch it anymore it wasn't just fingers he, he the ball, he should yeah. have had a stronger hand there, man. Sure but the, but the, the shot was obviously that powerful enough where he wasn't able to kind of his palm was not enough to direct the ball over the bar. What I would say is, um, I actually agree with you. I, I think he did all he can, but I don't think all he can, all he can, is good enough. But that means you should be. That means like keepers should be barely beaten. No, 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 no. The point is, in that situation. I think Gordon saves it. I really do, right? There are I other. Disagree. I think. I think Gordon's got a stronger hand. He's got a stronger hand. I think De Vries is shown with how his technique in stopping the ball. He doesn't have as strong a wrist, and that's. He might be great with the ball at his feet, absolutely, but your primary job is to save, and I don't think he's strong enough to save. But, but like, you know, know, it's a wonderful strike. That means you're taking more away from the strike itself, saying, ah, well, you can hit it as hard as you want, but if you've got a strong hand, that's not going to go. Firstly, I don't think this is an issue if he hadn't made so many mistakes in the Barcelona game. And I do. I Personally, one point. One point. Rodgers is going to stick with him. So, Rodgers is going to persevere with him. So, this is almost moot at this point. We can let him off with Barcelona... Because it's Barcelona and he wasn't the only one at fault. So you can say, fair enough, let's put put a pin in the Barcelona game. The Inverness game, it was an excellent goal. Let's actually, yeah, do you know what? Let's give credit for that. So let's put a pin again in the Inverness game. What you need to remember is, Gordon wouldn't have got those uh, chances. People have been on Craig Gordon's back since day one. And it was never going to change. I love Craig Gordon, but Craig Gordon is never going to get a full whack at the the, the whip. De Vries isn't isn't the reason we're losing goals. The defence is not also the whole reason we're losing goals. How we're setting up is how we're losing goals. We're setting up in a system that these players aren't adjusting to. That's the way I think. But let's go to the questions. And I'm coming to you with that. But, um, but, but Gordon's had two years. In his first year, he was flawless. 
Then what happened? Then the second year, second year takes that down. Defense continually changes. Everyone's shite, and he's still singled out. I don't understand it. But then you look at the beginning of this season. He's made a couple of glaring errors. When? Well, there was a way for Bershaver. Was that another one where he came out yeah. and flapped at the ball? Right. Um, Saved a penalty in that game. Fair enough. The Yanko one. I'm still toyed with it. It's right. a bit of fifty-fifty. I agree. With and there was another. Was it not? Was it not Bershaver at home? Ah, there was the one. Bear, the the. Who was the one that scored from the West Ham line? I disagree. But you used more to do with Scott Brown. Yeah, wasn't I, I disagree with that. I, uh, yeah, so but I then not. But then you can argue with Craig Gordon. If you're a good enough keeper, why are you not heading it to the left or to the right? Why are you heading it back down the middle of the park? That if if you're okay, if, if, if if you are committed coming out of that, it's the same as a defender. Whenever you're clearing a ball, you really should not be clearing it down the middle of the park. You gotta clear it either side or worst case out for a corner. That's a, he, he made a judgment call there, right? And whether the judgment call is right or not, he followed through in his conviction, right? The point is, you've just named three mistakes. Let's say three mistakes, right? In, 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 since the season started. So you're talking about, if you think about maybe, maybe 10 games, right? He's ma- De Vries has made as many mistakes in one game, maybe not, two not games. Not glaring mistakes. The Neymar one he should save. The Neymar pit free kick against Barcelona, he should save. Right. Again, soft, weak I'd ar- rest. Okay, I'd give that one. Right? There was at least one more, maybe two more in the Barcelona game where he should have done better. I'm not saying he should have necessarily saved the goals, but he should have done better. Yeah. So, the goals so we're talking about within two games, he's made the same amount of mistakes as Gordon's made this season. Also, I'm also, sta- can I jump in? I just want to make a point. I'm also staunch Gordon, so I am biased. I get that. But what are you going to do? I, I, I also think he would have done, I, I think Gordon would have done better with the... Kenny Miller header back across goal. I agree with that as and well. I, and I think, I think Ke- what coming out for it. We've seen him fap no, across it before. I think no, I think his positioning would have been better, and he's a bigger guy. I think. I think. I think the feet are almost the same height. No, he's Gordon's, eight inches bigger. Remember <laughs> from last week. God, Gordon's taller. No, I think Gordon. I think Gordon would have done better with that. And I think I agree with Chris. I think that's what you said. I, I think Gordon saves that first goal, uh, that first goal of the weekend. Yep. I think he saves that. I do. But the thing is, it doesn't matter because, like what Pep Guardiola done at Man City, he came in, he got every single player, including the goalkeepers, to do a passing drill. And Joe Barton, uh, Joe Barton, what are you Joey talking Barton. about? Joe Hart and son. Joe Hart. He he was terrible at it, and Pep Guardiola went. He's not getting in my team. He can't pass a ball. Now, if <laughs> the guy who's replaced Joey Hart, Joey Hart, Joe Hart has had absolute calamities beginning to his Man City career as well. But th- the thing is, though, if the, ma- the these managers see things in the game that we don't see, and he places like Brendan Rodgers, Pep Guardiola, they place so much on goalkeepers being able to be comfortable with the ball and start off moves especially if you want to keep possession and play the way they want to play he has to be good with the ball at his feet Great God, they can't see, do that. but I know that's why I'm saying that De Vries is in the team for as long as it takes or I think he goes out and he buys a different goalkeeper okay well I'm going to ask a question and Kieran I'm going to come to you because it's relevant to this and we're asking questions throughout the show at this point um, yeah. so this is from Kieran at CJ Bradley 86 thanks for getting in touch uh, he's not a fan of Craig Gordon. Sorry, it's just went out of my stupid iPhone. Um, not a fan of Craig Gordon, but has the De Vries experiment failed? Will Brendan accept it's not working and change, or will he persevere with him? Your thoughts? 
I think he's going to persevere. I think Rodgers will not be a one man. He won't, he won't want to admit so quickly that he's got it wrong with this goalkeeper. See, the one thing is, we've seen ourselves, Craig Gordon is absolutely rotten with the ball at his feet. See, when he kicks the ball out, I watched, even begin the season, he's, 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 accuracy when kicking the ball is shite. And it was a lot last season, but we can put last season to bed because the whole team were fucking, God knows, they were just wanting the manager out and all that kind of crap. But even at the start of the season, he's still, he's, <laughs> he's, he's kicking out accuracy, he was still rotten. Now, what what would I actually like would, in an ideal world, you want DeFries' feet and Gordon's shot stopping. Well, there's no doubt Gordon is one of the best shot stoppers. He's fantastic at that. But, a big part of games, especially when it comes for Celtic, he, there's, there's going to be a lot of games where he's not going to need to save shots, but he's going to have to help kind of get, get get play going because if it comes out for a bye kick or the, the, the defenders hit it back to me, he's got Aye. to be able to every, every domestic move. Every, every domestic game, the Celtic goalkeeper is going to touch the ball with his feet more than he's going to touch the ball with his hands. Exactly. He's going to have to pass it more than he'll need to save it. So, on that point, you can understand why. He, he's, he's, what you can do with Barcelona is then, in that case, he could have De Vries for the league and have Gordon for the Champions League. But then he's not going to bring up De Vries. The continuity not between a back four, back three, back five is not going to be. There. Well, here, here's the point now. It worked for Barcelona last year. Here's a point I've kind of thought of, right? Um, so, first season, Craig Gordon was sensational. He was excellent. Really, very, very good. Last season, he wasn't. Why was he so good in the first season? I think I think I've got a theory. Because it is two. Oh no, Virgil Van Dijk, two centre halves. Hi, Virgil and, and Denier, Denier, both ball playing centre halves who came and took the ball off him. Also, good defenders. Good defenders. Very solid defenders but who were comfortable, but happy with short passes to them to therefore come out with the ball. But also as well, consistency of them always playing. Yeah, yeah. the second, we've seen it ourselves, in the second season, how many different partnerships did we fucking yeah, play? Exactly. We could not, I can't remember, there were maybe stats out there, how many times we played the same back five consistently, and I would be surprised if you get more than two games. I think uh, within the first, I think, up until November, because I remember a podcast quite specifically where Christian had said that we'd use something like 16 different partnerships, and that was only November. Point is though, um, Gordon had almost a proxy to do his work for him in terms of balls out. We, he doesn't. He never had that last season. And if you look at the team that started in front of him, he, we've got we've got Lustig. But again, Lustig, it, it's not his biggest strength. Um, we get Kolaturi, not great with the ball at his feet. As soon as he gets it, he wants to to send it. Simunovic, yesterday, Simunovic yesterday looked come now. He made one glaring error, but this is a guy who's not played for eight months, so we'll let's focus on the positives. Simunovic looks like a ball-playing centre-half, and that could, in my opinion, if you put Gordon back in the team, help. Because, frankly, I think that he... I think that Rogers, let's be honest, Rogers is going to persist with him. He's going to per- persist with, with um, De Vries... Unless he continually makes monumental fuck-ups. Like, if he, like, makes ridiculous errors, then obviously he'll drop them. But as you said, Louis, he's going to... SPL, Scottish Premiership games, he's going to have the ball at his feet. I'll be interested for Wednesday. But the thing is, De Vries isn't in that team to kick it long either. De Vries is in that team to play the pass. But the thing is, he can play it to any one of the back four. 
he can play out to Tierney, out to Lustig, who are wider. Because if you you think about it, the two centre halves come they withdraw diagonally to the to the, the corners of the box, and your full backs have already pushed on. They're they're hugging the touchline. De Vries has got the passing ability. It would be assumed that he can hit any one of those four. So you've got four options. Whereas with Gordon, he can only hit it to the two guys that are at the corners of the box. So he's only got two options. So by having a guy, a goalkeeper who's good with the ball at his feet, you're immediately now. Obviously, then you've got midfielders who come into play as well. But he's got more. You now he might only have to pay, play a ten-yard pass, even, even less than that, or it could be up to a twenty-yard pass. But he's confident and comfortable to do so whereas somebody like Gordon who's maybe not as good at the ball at his feet he's always looking like you were saying with Van Dyke Denier always happy to come as short a distance as possible to receive the ball and it's just having that flexibility yeah no I, I, but I, I, the, I understand the, th- the, the qualities the, that Rogers wants in a keeper but the thing the thing is I think I, I, I do think you're right I think Yozo does look as if he's a ball playing centre half and, and I thought I personally thought he looked really good. I was looking forward to seeing him, and of course he did have the one big mistake, and he was at fault with a number of others for the second goal. But he's a guy who's not played in how many eight, months? Eight, eight months. months. First game in eight he months. comes in and he's the second phase of a corner, and he's no marking anybody. But either is Eric, either is Dembele, or whoever I can't remember who was next. And, you know, the organisation, you can't blame him for being unorganised at that point. But I agree with you. When he got the ball at his feet, he was willing to get it. He was confident on the ball. He was smart enough to move away from people who were coming to press him. And he looked as if he could pick a pass. But then, however, it was something I just noticed. that I, I didn't think I, think I noticed enough of it in Inverness compared to Rangers. You're talking about how the two centre-halves basically split and they're almost right back in line with the penalty spot, maybe even further back. And then the midfielder the drops, drops in. Yeah. We, I don't think we, had a, we did, did a lot of that yesterday. Now that I come to we think did first half. We did. Scott we did. Brown, Scott Brown done a McGregor lot of it done first it, half. McGregor done it once or twice as well. Second, second half it didn't happen so much because we were a wee bit further up the pitch. But, but if, first you're, half if you're doing that, you don't need a ball playing centre-half. Because the centre-halves are that far back. They're put out wide, so it's the midfielders that are more important. They've got to be good with the ball, yeah. and they've got to be comfortable yeah. with taking the ball, possibly pressured, but able to release the goal. But then I suppose there's a ways you do change it. You go right, the centre the, the centre halves don't come so deep, play it out to them, and they can move forward. The, the issue with that is um, Scott Brown with his back, um, with his facing his own goal with some pressure on him. That's get, that's get disaster written all over it. So th- I think. This is what I think. Maybe I might be wrong. I don't know. I think that Rogers is playing a system that he wants to play, that he, his philosophy, um, but with players that maybe aren't capable of doing it quite yet, and that's where the danger comes in from a European perspective because we get horribly exposed. Now I'm happy. You know, we always said about Ronnie Dyla, uh, short term pain for long term gain. I think I really. I'm. I think we're all kind of confident that we're going to get the long term gain from Brendan Rodgers being the manager. However, the short-term gain is McGregor fucking up in midfield and the, then the ball breaking and literally an um, Inverness player being one-on-one from the halfway line because our centre-halves are split. Point I'll make out about that is I think that comes down to intelligence and positioning. 
Eric Sviachenko, now, I'm not going to sit here and say that Eric Sviachenko is a bad footballer, because even at this point, we still haven't seen enough of him to make a fully qualified judgment. However, you're only as good as your last game, and yesterday was the worst game he's ever played for us. Louis, thoughts on Eric Sviachenko? Because I could go on, but just shut no, the fuck up. It's, it, it's difficult to not, you know, think too much about it. It's one game. You know, we, see, you know, a week ago, we, we won 5-1. Every target that was laid out to that point in the season was achieved. We were on a massive high, we'd qualify for the Champions League. We hadn't really had any massive negatives other than getting beat off the of Red Imps and having a very, very bad performance against Bersheva due to nerves. But other than that, everybody was happy. Everything was rosy. You get beat off at of Barcelona, you have to forget about that. The weekend's performance, Eric had a really bad game, but that was the that looked like a, just a really bad, bad day. I, I, there was pretty much everything was going wrong for him. Now, I think you have to put that down to one bad freak game and give him the chance to rectify it uh, oh, no. in the future. I, I, I think I think the, the Aloha game is perfect. The Aloha game, I think Eric and Yozo both start. Are they fucking... <laughs> Eric's got something to prove. Yozo needs needs time yeah. the two of them start they've got a chance both of them for different reasons to kind of stabilise themselves yeah I mean here's the, here's the thing like um, we're not getting Celtic has always been a work in progress as soon as Rodgers comes in it's a massive squad overhaul there's not necessarily as much um, money as he would have when he's in the premiership so he has to maybe look at different um, sort of markets and stuff we're not our enthusiasm for what the future lies what lies ahead is very much maximum. However, we're not going to sit here and not criticise them when they deserve to be criticised. The fact is, Celtic yesterday um, should have won that game. We absolutely dominated Inverness in the second half, and we didn't. Now, that comes down to something that has been highlighted this whole season, which is defensive frailties. Now, we've got another question. Can I just butt in? But, butt yourself in, fella. See... The the only thing I would maybe say is Brendan Rodgers impressed us so much and, and especially in the Euro camp uh, the, the qualifying campaign Remember that Motherwell game oh Jesus that 5 now. He, he impressed us so much because he was so tactically flexible if something wasn't working, he made a change and found the answer. Do you think he changes too much? No, no. Do you think he tinkers too no, much? No, no. My issue is now. I do. I think in the Barcelona game, I don't. I don't think he had an answer. I don't think he really. He. he I don't think he influenced the game very much from the side. I think the game at the weekend, although to be. You, we, we need to remember we uh, we did dominate. We made a load of chances. How we, we rattled that game. We rattled the woodwork a few times, but I still don't think he really done anything during the game to really change things. The, now you could argue he didn't have to because we we're still creating chances. But as the game went on, should he maybe have went? Let's be more no. defensive as a unit. No, I, what we said. Or did you still push for the, takes for the Roberts third goal? Off, takes Roberts off and puts Forrest on. Everyone at that point would have went, that's a great, yeah, that's great. Roberts started, wasn't playing well, brings Forrest on. That, yeah, that's like, like for like, but def- like yeah, for like, exactly. but still it's different. Like, it's like for like, but it's, it's not a change of tactics or a change of um, 
emphasis on how they kind of start the play up, the build up towards. But we were so in control, and we were actually still having so much. They they had something like two opportunities in the whole of the second half. So, so I mean, but then, maybe see when you get to the the eighty fifth minute. See rather than trying to push for three one, keep the ball. Be solid. No, keep that, the ball. that's different though. You should be keeping the fucking ball anyway. I know, but especially when you get... Now remember, he acknowledged that after the game, said, I know this is a notoriously difficult place to come. You're away against Inverness, 85th minute, you're 2-1 up. That's just psychological bullshit. Sh- no, no, it's not. It has to be Cali. It has to be. We, like, like, because we just bossed them yesterday. But we still do. Exactly. It's one of those games where it's just not going for you. You're hitting the woodworks. You keep us pulling off saves that fucking were fantastic saves. I want to get to that. So too. see all that. See in another day. See if I'm a different. Because look at St Johnston. But but Macdermott Park's but, a very difficult place to go. But we smashed them for one. But the thing is, Kieran, you're in the game and you've seen all the shots and you've seen how we've hit the woodwork and still nothing's went in. It's the 85th minute. That's just that's just, that's just luck that, well, for Inverness. No, but then you should go. Do you know what? We've had so many chances. We've still no scored. Let's just. Get out of here with what we're, we're still ahead. Let's. He brought Armstrong on. Let's solidify things and just see the game out. I think you've got to be able to manage the game, especially at that point. Yeah, you might want to keep pushing for a goal. Manage it. The three games are more important than than goals. But then put on Armstrong instead of Rodgers. Is that not doing that? Is that not putting an extra man in midfield? Yeah, and, and I want to make but a point. Still put him in the number ten. You to play a number ten. You you just said a minute ago, and it's, it is a good point. But I've got an issue with it to an extent. Manage the game, right? Manage the game. You should manage the game. We lost from a fucking set piece. Man- yes, manage manage that situation. But we still we we, we didn't we didn't lose that game because. Um, doesn't matter. We lost that game because of our defence. And our defence keeps fucking up on a weekly basis. And, it, you know, at the beginning of the season we said, we'll outscore them. Well, we didn't outscore them last night. But, Chris, you said it earlier on. It's not so much about the individuals. It's how we shape up and how yeah. we set up who's, as a team. Who's managing now, the defence? But as a team, I think at that point in the game, when you're winning, you say, right... We've got five minutes left. Nothing's went for us. Let's just get out of here. See out the last five minutes. Keep the ball. Be smart about it. Got up, got up the road to that, three points. That, we that's a that's a we that's should a different philosophical th- way of looking at it because frankly they ended the game I still would have, I personally still would have went for a goal because frankly we can't defend. We can't defend. So you, see if you're you, saying if you're saying let's just sit at the back there, let's just keep the ball. That's inviting pressure on you. That's which we can't deal with. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying sit back with the no. ball and invite pressure. Oh. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you don't have to be gung kind of gung ho. I I think I think we were the last five minutes we were still I, if, control. If I if I remember Yo, if I remember uh, Big Yozo, he was coming up almost to the halfway line with the ball himself. All of our midfielders were way pressed up. No, we didn't have to be. We could have been more compact and just seen the game out. I just think we should have seen it out. Right, okay. We've got some questions. Uh, Mr. Ta- and this is good debate. Let's keep this up. Mis- Mr. Tamson at Celtic underscore GC. He's got two wee tweets here. Can anyone explain why we are leaking goals? Love Colo and Eric partnership, but seem we switch off resulting in goal against um, Wednesday. Perfect opportunity. Wednesday is the perfect opportunity to test a different defensive pairing with Simonovic and back. Kieran, I want to come to you and I want to ask: Did Eric Sviachenko miss Colo Turi? 
I did the session, so you did? No, I, no, I, I think bring it up. I think the at times I think the experience beside him. I, I think I, do, I, I can only assume maybe Turi talks to him a lot throughout the game, which I could understand because Turi is a very experienced defender and he's very knowledgeable. And he probably talks Eric through. Not he won't talk Eric through the whole game because Eric still he's what twenty five, twenty six. He's experienced enough. Finish internationals, but. He, Eric, might not, Eric, Eric might have had on that just kind of the safety net of I've got Turi covering my back whereas I've got Lustig who we're all saying yeah he should be moving at the centre half but he's not f- fully trained at the centre half yet because he still has a right back because we've seen we've seen when Gamboa right came back. off and Lustig no, went back thank in thank you so I, I do feel because I mean it's no coincidence that the one game that Eric has plays poorly as the one when Turi's not there I mean Turi and Eric have played together but enjoy it at the time now since Turi's arrived because whether it be a back two or a back three there's been not a lot of games where and we're still conceding is maybe their partnership just not good enough and this is just a, a question I'm throwing out there maybe Kolo 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 Turi and Samurovic maybe but maybe, and listen by the way I like Eric Svichenko and I want him to be a success all I'm saying is I've seen some stuff that I there's parts of his game he clearly needs to work on so we're not here just because we like a guy doesn't necessarily mean we should play if he's not good enough right if you know Lustig if, if Lustig continues to deteriorate there'll be a time when it'll be fair enough we can't play him right he's not there yet point is maybe it's not maybe it's Eric no Eric had one bad game he's not had one bad game man he's not that's he's, push he has made bad... mistakes he's made mistakes he's he made mistakes but he was he was awful in that game because he had a bad day and as you've just said he played with Lustig he's no played centre half with he's usually got Toure there beside him who's an experienced guy who probably helped him out quite a bit he had a bad day at the office I still think those two are your first choice centre halves Who's Simonovic and or Co- Tori and Tori? Why do I keep calling him that? Colo Co- and Eric guy, right? Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, ultimately, when you think about until it, until Yozel proves Eric proves didn't, co- yeah, Eric didn't cause any goals yesterday. The first one was Gamboa help, help uh, standing off him, and then the last one was that was technically Yozel's man that that um, that he lost. So Eric still losing from a set piece. He's still losing a set piece. So every every what's that unit? But ultimately, it wasn't really Eric's man. Yeah. Look, and by the way, that's the thing. And and, and I'm, I don't want to be accused of picking on Eric because I do like him and I do think all I'm trying to think is looking from a perspective. It seems to me that no matter who we fucking put in there, we're going to concede, and that's worrying from a European perspective. Is, we can't always rely on Toure because I think I think he obviously had a rest now because he's now played a lot of he's games. He's thirty five. He's thirty five now. We can't rely on Toure playing week in week out. But also for the future, we can't rely on having Terry. This could be Terry's only uh, Terry Terry's only season with us. <laughs> this could be Terry's only season. So he's in there. I think he's in there to steady the ship and also help develop the defenders. Yeah, which is what we transition. had going from last year. The defense was woeful and just lacking in conference. So he's brought. He's identified that and thought, "I've got my trusted lieutenant in Terry, who I had at Liverpool, um, and I've brought him in to help me steady the ship." And Get, get it, get it back on form. Help to develop and, some of these games. Yeah, so because I think he's still. I think that's the way it's going to be. So I, I think he needs to pick his two partnerships. But I think going forward, you'd think it'd be Yozo and Eric because they're the kind of youngest. Yozo's twenty-two, which I still find hard. To and the other thing as well is there was a, there's an Italian club Torino were wanting to buy a player who had not played in eight months. So there must be something about this player because yeah. why why they try to play three million pound for a player who has not played in eight months? Exactly. Um, Louis, was it a penalty? Um, yes, I'm gonna go. Uh, when I saw it at first, full speed, like the referee saw it, 
I thought it's a penalty. I think we all thought that. No. No, it's outside the box, but would have been a foul. It's more was that a red card? No, no, okay, no, no, here's the difference. Nah, you're talking. Contact you, was outside the box. Yeah. Where the contact is first is where the offence is. You saw that the first time. He didn't see it the first time. I seen, that, I seen that the 50th you time. That, you uh, see, I seen that the 50th time. On the replay, maybe. But it wasn't a penalty. No. If you're looking at it from, and if, if you are looking at it from um, the referee's position one time over at normal speed, it looks like it should be a penalty and it looks like he should be sent off. That's just how it looks. Now, we've got the the option of going over it, you know, slowing it down and, you know, firstly, it was a clumsy coming together. Um, whether the, the, the Inverness player was slowing down to invite the pressure onto him, that's a different debate. That's what you, that's, that's what I said. That guy was more, that guy was more interested in getting a penalty than getting a shot off. Okay, that's another here. Get the shot off, and your boy scored. That's another here nor there because ultimately it was still a clumsy challenge from Sviachenko. Okay. Um, referee had the perfect view of it, and he didn't give it. So should we just underline that and just say that's what happened? Well, I'm going to sound biased here, probably, and maybe I'm a little bit. But they, they always say the they always say the rule for the referee: if you're not a hundred percent sure, do not give it. So he, if he is get slight doubt in his mind and his lines was not backing him up, then he can't give it. Now that works in our favour because we never got it. If it happened against us, we probably be shooting off. Get yeah, that I think I think if up. that and and, and 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 there's all these holier than now Celtic fans who know it's definitely what if the shoe was in the other foot, you'd be going absolutely bitch cakes. You'd be going bitch cakes, which is a word I've just created. Um, but you know. <laughs> And then there would be a lot of the referee saw it and didn't give it. He's a mason, get it up on me, he's a hun, blah, 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 which is bullshit. Because the referee saw it in the exact same position. And I'm not saying there's bias, not bias out there, etc. Just fucking annoys me a lot when people go on and on about it. In fact, as the referee saw it, he didn't give it. In his opinion, as Kieran says, he wasn't 100%. Maybe he was 100%. Maybe he's like, no, it's not a penalty. Point is, he gave it. Fucking move on, right? I, I, that was supposed Go to be on, to- <laughs> rhetorical. Uh, I've got some more questions and I'm going to bring Louis McCaffrey in, into uh, the debate. Uh, Louis, ah, okay. I'll, this is an interesting question from uh, Scott Moore. Um, McGregor or Bitton in central mid? Um, that's a question. And then he goes on to say, yesterday's performance really shows we missed out big time by not signing a central midfielder before the end of August. Which I think we'd all agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of McGregor's performance? Um, because cool. I, yeah, well, I just want to make one point just before I bring you in. Um, on BBC Sports Sound, um, Paddy Bonner said that his performance was magnificent. I I've, I've been a big fan of McGregor for a while, um, and I think he has a lot of good aspects to his game. But I thought recently. Not just that game, but recently he's been poor, um, and it's a shame because he's he's looking poor at things, doing things that he was previously quite good at. It's an excellent point. Um, he excellent. was he was good at taking the ball in, in his feet in tight areas, um, and and getting passes off. And now he's I don't know if it's a confidence thing or what, but he's he's struggling a bit. Um, but the thing that I think one positive to pick up on I think he is good when he gets into that final third he, he, he rattled the bar um, he had another shot that the keeper saved that he probably should have scored um, he's good at that point I still think when he was at his best it was when he was actually playing not a, a kind of not a number 10 but a deeper role beside Brown 
that position, but the the kind of defensive side and and even just the kind of further back in the pitch is play hasn't been isn't there and and it wasn't there the other day uh, yesterday, which is it was a shame. Thing is, if if he's better in the attacking third, it's getting a bit congested there. And you've got Rogic, who he can't, is, he can't lace Rogic's boots. No, he just no. can't. Um, so I, I do think you know Beaton is should be the number one choice to go in there. But why wasn't he playing? Was he injured? He was, was the bench. He was on the bench. I know he was on the bench, but was it just purely tactical? I you got you got to assume if he's on the bench because um, he didn't even come on. Armstrong did. Armstrong did. Yeah. Then Armstrong would replace Rogic. I, yeah, I, I know. He was still yeah. going to be that kind of outball for the yeah. striker. I think I think Bitton was. I, I tweeted about this quite angrily during the week. Bitton, known for his ball retention and his, his use of the ball in Barcelona, was fucking useless. And maybe Roger spotted that as well. I, that's what I mean. And, I think, and, and, and you know, there's a word, and it's a turn of phrase, and it's lame, and I hate to use it, but does Bitton have the heart for it? Gotta stop banging on the table, mate. I'm really angry today. Um, Chill out. I think it's but but McGregor brings more energy to the the midfield than what Bitton, like you said, we've seen a lot. Bitton likes to slow the play down. He likes to just have a a kind of camera influence, whereas with McGregor, we've seen ourselves, he can can go forward with the ball, but he goes forward with the ball better than Bitton. So maybe he thought we are up in Inverness, we need to be at them more, and he wanted a bit more energy in the midfield, which is why he's chosen McGregor over Bitton. So it it might depend on the opposition and whether... Do you, know, do you know what I think's interesting? Rogers came in and tried to change Brown's game, but didn't try and change Beaton's. Now, when you th- we, we we were sp- speaking earlier on about the two centre halves peeling peeling wide, I know you're going to say, and Brown coming to get that ball. That's Beaton's job. That that's Beaton's job. Yeah, Beaton done that, and when he looked at his best, he was doing that. That's he that. was the one picking up the ball and starting the moves. Yeah, and that's it. He's assured on the ball. His ball retention's excellent, and he does have a good pass on him. And he's and he's not he's not got the energy that Brown has. Now you would have thought that, and and we were talking about this on the way here. I think Brown's energy levels have been fantastic. You can see that he's fit. And he's up for it. Compared to, you think of the Brown that was in the semi-final or the, the games round about then, awful. He's clearly fit now. He's got the energy. You would think that energy would be better. Yeah. Put out someone else. In yeah. a different position compared to the one that he seems well, to be that, in just now. That's kind of where we were from a Barcelona perspective. Brown was pushing forward and Bitton was sitting back. Now, the, the, the turn of phrase that's always associated with Brendan Rodgers, some, some done in mockingly, but he always uses the word character. Maybe Rodgers looked a bit on that pitch in Barcelona and said, you know what, you might be technically aware, you might be technically gifted, but maybe you just don't have the character to play under pressure. Even more than that, attitude. Yeah, think, attitude. Character. I think we've seen that as well last year. I think Bitton's attitude was a bit off. He just looked like he just didn't give a shit, didn't really want to be there. He was just playing out the season. I think he was playing out the season with along the lines of, do you know what, get this season over with and I'll get my move out of here. That's not transparent because nobody's actually come in from nobody's made it make it made a an interest because at the ultimate end of the day everyone of our players are for sale and I'd, I'd imagine most clubs know that um, so no one's kind of uh, tested us with a with a a bid a, a bid for a bit on I mean look, done it with Johansson Fulham came in two million 
I don't know where he went. Fair does he only he was in the last year of his contract, contract I suppose, so that's why that's more of a it's more of a but also, things, but, but also yo Hansen. I like the way you said that there. I'm lightening up. I'm lightening ah, up. It's coming up. Um, so maybe 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 he's seen some in some of Bitton's games, his attitude just doesn't seem to be like he really wants to give hundred and ten percent for the team. He's maybe only happy he's only he's willing to come in and play and just do ninety ninety five percent. picking up on that now. Um to mm. quickly just a yes or no um, no not a yes or no, um just pick one of them. Um to answer Scott Moore's question, McGregor or Bitton in central midfield just now? We call this dead hair, by the way. Just I'm so still trying to contemplate because... Right, okay, think about it, Louis. Beaton, he's a bit of football. Okay. Kieran, I'm back to Beaton as well. Beaton yeah. as well, okay, fair enough. Um, okay, I'm going to start with you, Kieran, because you got the last question, Louis. These are all relevant to what we're talking about, so it's all pretty good. Uh, well, actually, I want to make the point. Kieran Tierney, yesterday I thought was uh, just Kieran Tierney. It's, I don't even have a superlative for him anymore. He's just Kieran Tierney. And you know what as well? Shots. That one he rattled off the bar. Mm. That was lovely, and the one before that as well. So he's now he's now wanting the in the action a bit more now. And and you've got a player who, as I I personally think, had his worst game against Barcelona, obviously against Barcelona, but he had his worst performance, where he probably Most unassured. Let's see, unassured. unassured, unassured, right? right? He probably his confidence probably took a knock, and he probably even doubted himself. Certainly during that game. And yet he comes out of the weekend and absolutely dominates like that. Potentially I'd, best um, best player on the pitch. I'd like to say Rogers play a wee a wee word in his ear saying like look, don't don't let don't let Tuesday affect you in the slightest. That's that's Barcelona. You're up against the best player in the world. But you've still There's got people that are like five ten years experience over you still get rattled in the pitch. But you, you know, for a for a for a kid like him, it's not just as easy as say having a word in his ear. True. He, he's got to be the man enough to go out there and forget about it but he seems and go on with it and he did he seems to have good support from Rodgers and Brown as well he seems to look up to Brown a lot for a lot and I think yeah. maybe Brown's mm. helping him as well I, I think they've had a word they've had a word and said look do you know what put it behind you get the next game under your belt put in a performance and it'll be got forgotten and he's done exactly that and I think the, the funny back to using that word again I think the character to come back from a 7-0 mauling and have your best I'm not saying it was his best game of the season but I thought he was flawless yesterday I also think his range of crossing is amazing low hard ones right across into the middle of the box flighted ones in hitting it with outside of his foot now cutbacks Kieran Tierney is which leads into the question from Stephen Hughes always a gentleman himself Um, Stephen says evening gents interested in your thoughts on who the one player you wouldn't want us to rest slash be injured would be he gives two options. No, he doesn't give two. He gives two options, two examples, but you know, it can be anyone um, in the squad. Kieran Tierney or Colo? Actually, what well, out of those two, who would it be? I would, I, well, Tierney with a doubt. I would actually put a bigger um, decision, Tierney or Roger, uh, Rogic. They're two of the most influential players and unformed players just now for us. I would say that um, Kieran Tierney will play every game this season um, that he's available for the way Rogic won't. For example, he didn't play against Barcelona, did he? I don't necessarily think he would play yeah, against Munchen Gladbach away. Domest- he may. Domestically. Domestically. From a domestic experience, two of them got to be but the team. But Tierney, we've got no option, but. Because that or is he? So Tierney has to go. <laughs> Technically, as an option, though, is the. Might not be a good option. Um, but as, as Stephen says, who, who who's the one player? Unrestable or un- when you want injured, it probably would be Kieran Tierney. For me, I, d- I don't know. Well, yeah, it would, it, it would 
it would have to be for me. It would it would probably be Tierney. You could also argue Lustig. You could also argue Scott, Scott Sinclair. Scott Brown. Scott Brown. Uh, Scott Sinclair. Um, and that's it's not that these players can't necessarily be replaced. Replaced is the wrong word. But the but quality is not going to be able to match their quality. That's why they can't be replaced. But they can be. They, you could get somebody in there to do a job, but they're not like Scott Sinclair. You could put Gary McKay Stephen in, but he's not going to give you what, what Scott right. Sinclair can. I think with Turin Tierney, I think it's shown that we could. But with Turin, the team are still losing goals, so it's not. It's not like it's a vital. That was my role. point in terms of I it. think with Tierney, he gives more because he gives more of an outball. as well. He's assisting more of an outball down that left wing, which we've seen with Izzy. Izzy can he fucking cross the road at times. Yeah, Izzy. Cross I, ball. I, so I, I think for me, actually, I think Tierney would be the two of them, I would say. Would Here's an interesting question, and I want to bring uh, Tierney for you. I think Tierney for all of us. Here's an interesting question for Louis, just on that point that you made there. This is from Neil uh, Neil Hattie sixty seven. Considering the improved form of Forest so far this season, could Rogers get similar out of Gary McKay Stephen when he's fit? Think about how he's still not fit. He's not. No, he played, he played today, today for right, the okay, development right. team. Um, just think about how poorly we held. Forest at the beginning of the season shouldn't play and by the way again we're not fully at the point where I'm still convinced that it's going to last hope to God it does but you know how how detrimental he was to the squad in terms of you know a big wage and just not doing anything and nobody wants him and get him away and now okay we're only at the midpoint of September but he's still one of the key players and we're actually turning around saying he should be playing ahead of Paddy Roberts do you think he could do that with Gary McKay Stephen? Yes I, th- I think I think he'll give Gary McKay Stephen his opportunity because I, I think he's smart enough because he knows obviously he can't sign anybody else until January. I think he will because there's no alternative other than GMS. There's no real alternative to Gary McKay Stephen because Christie would probably rather be on the right. You've got Robertson Forrest on the right. Really, the only other left winger that you've got is. Gary McKay Stephen, he's not seen him play. He's he's not played a minute under Rogers, has he? Because he has he, not. Because he's, he's, he's been injured. He's not played so. This I think I think he'll give him a chance. Um, why not? You know, he's got the pace, he's got the skill, but the big thing for him is belief, and he doesn't. He he really is one of these players that thrives on confidence and belief that he can contribute. And let's not forget, at times. Since he's came to Celtic, he's looked good. He hasn't been able to do it consistently. That first, but that, that first um, sort of first six months, well, they signed him in January, but his first six months were excellent. He he played really, really well. He played really well against Inter. He he's a young boy. Um, I know he, he might be twenty four, twenty five, but in terms of football, and he's he's a young boy because he's not maybe had the experience of other guys. Um, I think there's still if. What I'll say is, if Forrest can play the way he's playing and be turned around, I've hoped for Gary McKay, Stephen, Kieran. Yeah, I think uh, I'd like to th- hope that he would give him a chance because he's a natural winger. Yeah. He's one of the ones that wants to hug the byline and he wants to get to the get up right up the pitch. Because you can see it, Roberts can be the similar, similar as well. He likes to drive at the fullback and take him up the wing. Sinclair cuts in. Sinclair likes to Goes come diagonal, in. diagonal, doesn't he? Yeah, and he, he almost likes to go in and make it a front too because I noticed that a few times yesterday was when the ball was on the right-hand side and um, he would be in next to Dembele and then when the ball gets switched over, 
he wouldn't go out to help Tierney. He was still staying in the middles. He seems like he wants to be almost like a striker at times. You know, the, the other thing is, though, just what you said earlier about Beaton and his attitude, I think Gary McCarry Stephen would absolutely love to to develop under Brendan Rodgers, and I think he'd be the type of character that would, you know, really take on board what he was trying to do, so he'd be, he'd be receptive to it. Yeah, well, I mean, well, here, here's a question from Daisy Boy. I'll answer this one, right? Um, at Ditcott CESC, uh, thanks for getting um, in contact with us. Is there a role for FA in a holding midfield role for the Champions League games? No. Um, moving on, thanks for getting in contact, but no, the guy shouldn't be anywhere near the squad. He just shouldn't. We'll see, will you? I hope not. Um, so with yesterday, I mean, obviously Paddy Roberts, do we think, and I noticed that, obviously I think we all noticed this, when Paddy Roberts picks the ball up now, there's two or three players around him. So he's now maybe going to go down the same route in terms of frustration that McGady went down, where as soon as he gets the ball and he doesn't skin every single player at every point, he's going to get, not booed or anything, but like there'll be groans and there'll be calls for to bring Forrest on. Paddy's almost made a rod for his own back by how good he can be. And he's down on it. He's down on his luck a little bit in terms of form. He's been unlucky in terms of the games because it's went, you know, he was injured for a while and then it went Rangers, Barcelona, Inverness. Now, no matter what you think about Inverness, it's a, it's a bogey game for us. So you get Rangers, you got um, a newly promoted team that, you know, has illusions of grandeur that the mainstream media have blown up. It didn't work out for him just because it didn't and he was, wasn't long back. You got Barcelona, you're on a hiding to nothing, especially if you're a winger. Hmm. Um, and then we've got Inverness where it's a bogey team. However, what I would say, Louis, your thoughts on Padre Lobos last night because he still wasn't in the game enough. Is that his fault? The new good day. That's what I'm going to say. Where He's is, a player where is Chris Samani when you need him? A player who comes in on loan, comes in, shows how absolutely just quality he is, just shows his quality and you think, wow, what a player. But it fades. And then I think eventually we're going to get to the point where it's like... You, you, you know, I think you're judging him too quickly. Would we, would we miss him right now if he wasn't there? No. You'd hey, have to say no. That's a fair point. That's is he unbelievably talented? Of course. And is he still way out of our league? Yes. But would he? Would we miss him too much? Probably not. Would you break the bank for him? To have him permanently? You probably would. But would he go down and play in any Premiership team? Any Premiership team and play week in, week out? No, he wouldn't. So, he's one of those ones where I think, although at times he looks naturally a level above, obviously, anything he's going to face domestically here, I still don't think he's quite there in terms of contributing. No, no, definitely not. And I, I, think, I, I personally I, think you're being really harsh on him. I, I like to, I like to wind up Samani, of course, who's obviously not here just now um, to defend him. But um, I just don't. I, I, I just personally feel that Roberts, uh, Roberts, right now, is just not affecting things the way that he needs to. And yes, maybe it is due to people knowing how good he is and doubling up on him. Fair enough. He's got but to He's got that, to have. He's yeah, got to have a wee good. bit more to his yeah. game as well. And he doesn't look like really the type of player who's willing to do the defensive side and 
put in the work for the team. He was he he was pissed off going off yesterday. I think, but it's better a player pissed off at his own yeah. performance and not you know obviously we don't want them seeming like lash out or anything. Petulance. Um, I, I think you're being a little bit harsh. I understand where you're coming from. Um, I just think the the row of games he's came into is tough. Also, coming into a team that's on a roll from an attacking point of view, tough to kind of figure yourself, you know, where you fit into it at times. He's still learning his role. So, in in terms of Paddy, um, time's on his side. So, mm. we'll see. Uh, here's another question while Kieran is at the toilet. Should have given us a warning. It's pretty unprof- unprofessional. Yeah. Um, it, it did look urgent right enough. Um, from oh Jesus, um, from Derek at the Boy Moz. Surely our defensive frailties would be far less exposed if we'd brought in a central midfielder to pitch in and help in beside Brown. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Anyone that you would have your eye on, or any type of player that you would have your eye on, because ultimately are you looking for a ball playing centre half, i.e. Beton, or are you looking for a Wanyama that destroys play? And passes it to someone because if if you've got someone who's destroying play and then passing to Scott Brown, with all due respect to Scott Brown, I don't yeah. think that's one of his yeah. strong points. No, I know that. <laughs> I think we've never replaced one Yama and that type of player. I would love to see, but A if destroyer. you're gonna, if you're got yes, but then if you're gonna have Brown in there, then I think you need someone who can do a bit of both, can do both jobs. Um, it is a difficult one. I think James McCarthy probably would have been a really good fit. And and you never know what might happen. I mean, he's just had surgery, which is why he couldn't come to us uh, before anyway. It might happen again later. But the thing is, I suppose it's better now that Brendan Rodgers has got a chance to really think about exactly who he wants. Fucking hell, I'm, stood, I'm sitting behind us though, you know that? Um, Cairn just smacked me with a door. Um... It's better that he's got a bit of time to th- figure out exactly the type of player he wants in there rather than rushing into it. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise we didn't push for someone. I'll, c- I'll come to you in a second, Kieran, because we're going to kind of switch to the next couple of games. But Louis, Inverness drop points, but do we just chalk that up? And here's the point. Fawn Williams was phenomenal last night. Their goalkeeper yeah. was sensational. If our goalkeeper had had half of the saves that he had in the new camp, we wouldn't have lost 7 0. It would have been three and a half because that's half. Um, yeah. Point is, um, the goalkeeper was excellent. Still worrying issues in terms of the back um, with defensive frailties. Uh, but do you just chalk up yesterday to just one of those days and that's football? Or are you a little bit more annoyed about? Oh, no, I'm still I'm still annoyed about it. I still think you. I th- I still think we were naive and we should have seen the game out. I just don't think you can. Do you I, blame the goal manager or the players for that? Um, I would bit of both, but probably the manager because I I think he's got to he's got to manage that situation, and I think you get to that point in the game, you need to be sensible about it. There's no way that with five minutes left away from home at Inverness or anywhere that we don't take the three points. But then it was a we set take piece. The three points. A set piece can happen at any point in the last five minutes. But should we not be in a situation we, we, where we can't? We can't. We're not going to be. Like, yeah, but we're but not going to be. You, gave, a, you gave away the corner because they were up at your end of the pitch. You know, ma- manage it. 
But manage the game, see it out. But man, manage every situation, so manage the set piece. Of course, aye. Aye, but I'm just saying, I, we, we should have been better in, in, in just seeing the game out through comfortable possession and organisation. They broke and they finished that game better than we did. Keenan, that goal, to an extent, looked coming. Oh, no, no. I'll tell you, when we were all in the pub and me, me myself, Kieran, and my dad, and I said to them, it's coming. We're go, we're I, said, I said, with 20 minutes left, all these chances we are missing, it's, it's going to come back and bite us the arse. You also said it's lucky we're 2-1 up. What do you take yesterday? Do you take yesterday as a one of those things scenario, or are you as pissed off as Louis is? I'm not as pissed off as Louis is. Because, um, I mean, ultimately, okay, we... we We've dropped two points. We've still gained a well, not gained a point, but we've still come away with a point. Um, that some a lot of the, the teams might not do that. But then, I get losing losing from well, it's the first time. I'm probably shoot myself in the face. That's the first time we've lost from a winning position. Hey, well, we haven't lost that. Sorry, sorry. But drop points from winning points position. From, well, it is in the league, obviously, because that's our first. I guess points. you could say the second uh, leg of Bersheva. We were in a strong position and we still dropped. Yeah, points. however, but it was yeah. a whole, that was a whole yeah. game. So. It's, it's something new, um, but I mean, we're not, we're never going to expect to go through the whole season yeah. winning every game. And I'll make a point. I, you know, still in transition. Um, we are. It's just good to have a rant, and it's also good to, I think, always you know, ground yourself and make sure that you highlight where there are still deficiencies because we're not the type of podcast and we're not the type of people who's just going to go everything's fine or. We should. We lost that because of the referee or because X, Y, and Z. We, we, you need to highlight where you're going wrong so we can improve on it. So, Kieran, we've got a game on Wednesday against Aloha. Um, they are on a roll right now. Doesn't that matter the level they're at? Jack Ross is doing a great game, uh, doing a, a great job. Question here from uh, Lewis Riley, 1888, and I'd like to get this from all three of us. Um, your lineup going into the Aloha game because it's a, it's an odd game. It's a midweek game after some interesting results. We'd like to get back on track on winning. They're a lower league team, but that comes with some issues as well. Um, what Riley is asking is, is Henderson due a chance after McGregor's performance of late? So, Aloha game, would you start Hendo? Yeah, I suppose we, I suppose I could. Um I just, I just don't know if, if Rodgers will bring the changes. He said this before; he likes consistency, even if it is two games a week. So I don't know how much he's going to. But I mean, Henderson's not even getting near the bench yet either. No. So if you, if, if Bitton didn't start the weekend, you did, you didn't anticipate him starting. So not unless he's going to totally change it. Well, we've got a game, we've got a game on Saturday as well. So we've got Wednesday game and Saturday game. So the games are coming thick and fast. This game, I think, would be a chance to maybe give Cristiano. Make it, make it I mean, no, okay, I'll give, them a, I'll give them a go and I'll give them a game, but I couldn't imagine it would be a performance to influence them getting chosen going forward, unless it was an yeah. absolutely well, outstanding performance. But there's players in there that, a lot of players are informed that aren't really going to get ousted just now. Yeah, but you also need to know, you know, come you know mid-November, we could have um, suspensions, we could have injuries. People need the opportunity to yeah. show that they can do it. So, um, Louis, what about yourself? How would you kind of... Obviously, Aloha is a, it's a tricky game. We've got Kilmarnock at home on, on the Saturday as well, which Kilmarnock, I think, are quite dangerous because there's no expectation level on them, but they've actually got some really good results recently. Mm. Um, so they'll be scrappy and they'll be tough to beat, and I likely Clark as a manager. I think he's 
quite tactically quite some nice on him there. Um, but looking at the Alloa game and the Kelly game as a whole, um, the Alloa game you'd probably really mix up. No, not really, because I think you've lost you, momentum you, a little bit. Yep. We need to get that back and remember it's a cup game and he can't afford to go out of a cup. I say he can't afford to. He's not going to get the sack if he goes out of the cup. But I think we have to get the momentum back. We're playing a team that we should be able to show how good we are. Um, and we have to get through to the next round. So I, I think you play near enough as much of your starting 11 as you can with a couple of smart changes. So I would play Yozo instead of uh, Colo. Would you play um, Yozo and <clears throat> Eric in a partnership or a part of a three? Um, possibly as part of a three. With Lustig? Uh, yep. Give Gamboa a chance? Give Gamboa a chance. Bring in Izzy? Possibly. Possibly bring in Izzy. Um, Hen- Henderson is probably the one that I would... I would be really interested to see because I think that position is one where you know it's a bit iffy Beaton he's obviously no sure about McGregor didn't impress shoot himself in his foot with his performance. Henderson could go in there because he's really the only other choice as far as I can remember he's really the only other kind of central midfielder you could put him in there and, and give him an opportunity. So that might be a good one to see. Um, I still think you play Sinclair, you play Roberts, try and get a few goals up, then make some more changes. Well, you you yeah. need to get the goals. Well, I, well, I think you almost uh, marry up one sort of interesting change with a mature change. So Eric's been in the team, Simunovic is just breaking in, that's fine. Gamboa needs the time and effort. Bring in Izzy as well, as he's got the experience, that's fine. Henderson sitting... But then that, that would be changing three of your back four, if you're like... Yeah, but you know. we're not bringing in youngsters, we're bringing in players who need the, <coughs> the game time. You know, yeah. Gam- um, well, Gamboa Gam- started the last two. Yeah, and he needs to he needs to learn. He's, he's, he's going to sink or swim, so we need to either get him up to speed as quickly as possible, or ditch him and put Lustig back at right back. But you put in Henderson with Brown, or Henderson with Bitton. You don't put in Henderson instead of Britton or instead of Brown. You have someone who can walk him through the game. And it's the same going forward as well. You play Paddy, Paddy Roberts, great. On the left side, put Christie. That table. I don't know why I'm doing that. Christie, or you put Christie as your number 10. Point is, if you marry some, marry up with a little bit of experience and are not necessarily experienced... Armstrong number 10? Yeah, okay, Armstrong number 10. More importantly, who do you play between the sticks? Firstly, don't ever use that fucking phrase <laughs> again. Um, actually, that I just want to um, that the question that that question very question. Um, Verd SOS Drew Divine, who had some music on the podcast last week, that was great. Um, will Gordon get the cup games at least? And if he keeps a clean sheet, will he get into the starting eleven? He'd like to hope so, but he's from Edinburgh, so he likes Edinburgh people probably. I don't know. To do that, echoing your thoughts, who goes in beside this? Who goes in beside the sticks? Who goes in? I the think sticks? Gordon gets a chance. I think, no, I ch- no, no, I don't mean a chance. I think Gordon gets a game. If he impresses, does he go in? But then it's Aloha. It is Aloha. So I think that's a thing. But then, no, I, th- I think you would have to keep the Vries. But in saying that, not for the not for the League Cup though. 
you can drop the V. Then again, you want no, momentum. I get, I get I, your, I you get want your momentum. point. I, I want Remember momentum, but good. let's say the opposite, right? Imagine you were to totally change your team. Gordon and goals, Gamboa, let's put Gamboa in right back. Uh, Jozo, Eric, centre-halves, Izzy, left, Henderson, Armstrong. Where else can we toss in there? Some, some other midfielder. To what? Have we got any? I'm talking about making as many changes as we possibly can. Aye, aye, Beaton, Henderson, Armstrong, Christie, Forrest, because he's on the bench right now, and... Chifty. Chifty. Aitchison, <laughs> whoever. You know, that team should still comfortably beat Alola, but for me, personally, I think you make as few changes as possible, you get that momentum back, get through. Uh yeah, um just quick um prediction for uh the Alloa game. Five now. Louis. Uh yeah, first clean sheet in a few months. Three now. Class. Don't don't think we'll necessarily blow them away, but I think it'll be confident. Um Fee Kennedy, this is the last question. If Warbs is a fanny and wears a fanny's hat, what part of the anatomy is Brendan and what's his choice of clothing? So, <laughs> can we think of it until next we'll week? Get, we'll can get, I just say, though, that song is terrific. We'll get back to you on that, Fee. Um, yeah, thanks for that. I think Celtic are going to win 4 0. Um, the Kilmarnock game, I also think we will dominate, but should be a hard one. Do you need to go and get your bus? I do. Right, so, Kieran Han, we've had Kieran. Thanks for coming on, Kieran. My pleasure. I have to run now, so goodbye. We get his bus. Um, Didn't can, even switch a mic. Off. Can you, can you stay for one or two more questions? Aye, ah, cool. Right. See you later. Bye, Kieran. No, please close the door. Just, just pull it tight. Um, yeah, just a couple more questions. Um, buses, buses, eh? Public transport. Here, here's a question. It's non-Celtic related. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, go for it. Who is a better player and why? This is from Davy Boy. Um, Ronaldinho or Zidane, and why? Ronaldinho or Zidane? Who's a better player? Zidane why um, more to his game overall more dominant player um, so all those World Cups as well yeah could offer could offer more although Ronaldinho god Ro- Ron- Ronaldinho was a uh, fast burning light that really Ronaldinho went from being one of the greatest footballers I've ever seen to one of the worst now that's obviously an exaggeration but his decline was fast and steep, um, to the point where within about two years he was he was world player of the year, and then two years later, you know there was a lot of teams who didn't wouldn't even take a punt on him. So yeah. I think Zidane was consistent throughout his entire career. Um, other question: Oh, it's Ronaldo's birthday, as in uh, Luis Ronaldo. Fat Ronaldo. Uh, no, we don't call him that, dickhead. <laughs> um, Martin McKeown, um how do you rate him? Remember him turning up Manchester United single-handedly. Um, also, strong hair game. Agreed, agreed. Um, my yeah. point my point on Ronaldo would be, if he hadn't got injured, he would have been the greatest striker of all time. And having that injury, that knee injury, when he got, he got it at Inter Milan, if he hadn't have got that injury, he would have been the greatest player of all time. With the injury, he's still in the top five. Mm. You know, more him and I mean, he did. He, he he's he's the superstar. I mean, I was a kid. Yeah, uh, you know, not uh, 
people have different generations but for me Ronaldo was the superstar now, my f- favourite player as I've said loads of times before and this was Batistuta at that time just because I liked Fiorentina and, and I was watching him but Ronaldo was the man I mean it, <laughs> it was insane and there's a lot of kids now that don't know yeah you because know? Of the, the fact and of course that's just a generational thing but it's, a, think- it's also to do with the fact that one of the greatest players to come after him was a guy called Ronaldo, Ronaldo as well, well. Yeah, um, I, I think the point with Ronaldo um you know, if you look at him, phenomenal top five. But then you know, Marco van Basten retired at twenty eight. You know, it's mm. you know some you don't know Ronaldinho kind of star went down very quickly. Yeah. You don't always have to have a full career. That's why Zidane is one of the greatest of all time because he went out at the very very top. And just a quick point: we're we're back to the old school uh, podcast. Just a quick point about Gabriel Batistuta, right? And mm-hmm. I'd like to get your thoughts on this. And if you you know if you want to tweet in. Don't you think it's quite interesting that a guy like Gabriel Batistuta, who technically wasn't very good in terms of, you know, how he touched the ball, a guy like Inzaghi, who technically wasn't very good in terms of with the ball at his feet, right? But Batistuta is, is one of the greatest strikers of all time. He could hit the ball Deadly. like yeah. a, a blunderbuss, you know, phenomenal, right? Inzaghi, terrible, but always scored. Do you think we're past that now? Do you think technique is so important and the game's so much faster that those players just won't be allowed to develop anymore because if you don't have a standard of technique that you won't be allowed to because if you think about it who Higuain is maybe not the most technically gifted player but he's still far superior to fucking Batistuta or Inzaghi yeah and I think it's it's also the way the game has maybe changed from then which is still a relatively short space of time the way teams play there's not as much license. There, there's not as as much kind of traditional number nines and and players playing That's like that. Good point but as well, yeah. they're not players playing in those positions. Don't really have as much freedom to shoot at, on sight as maybe they did before. You know, yeah. now is it's goals are more well worked than individual. You know, look up, see the keeper, see a bit of space and, and the goal and and leather it. You know, how many real kind of longer-range efforts do you see now? Not so many. Batistuta scored some absolute screamers. You don't see screamers like you used to. A lot of them, if you do, it's more curling efforts from the edge of the box, kind of, you know. Batistuta... It's a a different different game, I suppose. Batistuta against Manchester United at Old Trafford, Mm. where he turns... He turns keen, um, takes the ball and just absolutely smashes it into the top corner. One of the greatest goals I've ever seen. And that that Fiorentina team had like uh, Torricelli and um, Rui Costa and uh, who else? Oh, what do you call him? Um, uh, Played for Parma, striker. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Come on. I'm talking to, if you're listening to this, everyone was... uh, Oh, what is his name? He was a striker. We'll tweet it out. Um, that's going to annoy me, and I don't want to go on Google. Uh, he was a striker for Parma, and he went to Fiorentina. Chiesa, Enrico Chiesa. Ah, there he is, just as I got it. Enrico Chiesa. I didn't even Google that or anything. Um, but yeah, so I, I just think it's quite interesting. 59 appearances for Fiorentina, 34 goals. You'd see, that's mental. <laughs> that is mental. That is an unbelievable go-to game. 
average. Uh, but yeah, so Enrico Chiesa. Um, do you think we'll challenge ever at European level? Celtic? Yeah. Uh, can't see it. I, I think, think the, the, the Barca game just shows you how massive the gap is for me. Here's a, here's another kind of question, and this is something I was talking to Dermot Coyle about. Um, I actually think after the group we've got and that 7 hour, I actually wish we were in the Euro- Europa League. Hmm. Because I think in the Europa League, we actually could have done something. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, if we win, if we, if we get into it, it and that's not defeatist, by the way. That's really not defeatist. It's just there's nothing. I, there, people well, people seem to think there's a great shame of being in the Europa League, but yeah. I'd rather be in a league with a bit more competitive. In. Exactly. You're in the Champions League for money. You're in the Europa League for competitiveness. At this point, with our squad, you have to accept that. Yeah. But and I, it's it's a it, does there would have to be a massive change in mentality and and expectation from fans. To not see the Europa League as a disappointment, I don't. I think I don't see. That's it. I, I completely agree with and you. And yet, it's funny how of what well, for me, it's just the Champions League is so all about money. It's ridiculous. I mean, if we don't qualify for the Champions League, drop into the Europa League, everybody's on a downer. The press gutted. And yet, if we finish third in the group and still have Europa League beyond Christmas, everybody's sing- singing our praises. It's happy days. You know, we need to accept that, yes, the money is needed and it matters a great deal, but even getting the money for the Champions League for the next three, four years, I still don't think you're significantly going to shut down that gap. Yeah. Could you really challenge and expect to get out of a group anytime soon? I, I don't think so. I, I think you've seen it in, in, a, in the, first, the first round of games... Pretty much all the pot four teams took a beating because the difference between a pot four, pot four team and a pot one team, or even a pot two team, is massive. Yeah, I, I think the, the the other point would be as well. It's like um, if you're in the, the Champions League, you know, it's more prestigious, and we get all that right. But then it just becomes about ego, in my opinion. And I'll tell you why. Because see, when we get, as you see, you can't really bridge the gap, right? So with that extra thirty million quid, we're not really doing anything different because we can't attract the players. So if you can't attract the players, so if be, by being in the Champions League, right, um, by getting all that money, if you're not improving yourself because you can't because you're in a jail, sort of weird prison scenario because you've got the money but you can't spend it because people won't come to you because they don't want to play in the league. But also, if they do want to come to you, they're going to charge ridiculous wages yeah. and you can't actually match that. Then what are you getting into the Champions League for other than prestige? Yeah, and you know, I've this is something I've been thinking about for a while. Why don't we try and why aren't we in a competition? And this actually sounds like that fucking prick who had that article. Uh, that Christian Wolf. Aye, <laughs> I'm not being defeatist. All, yeah. all, all I'm saying is, um, I'm happy we're in the Champions League, but you're gonna have to accept the fact you're going to take beatings like you took against Barcelona. Yeah, we're going to have to... But I, I don't... You know, I just mentioned about ego. My pride's a bit like, well, I don't want to... I don't ever want no. to see Celtic. Because we're not going to learn from it. Because we can't. Because no. we're in... Celtic are in a, a unique position in football. We are stuck in this sort of vacuum where we can't... We've got all this money, but we can't use the money to get up to the next level 
because of things out with our control. The country, the, the, the league we're connected to, with no disrespect, I love Scottish football and I don't think we should leave it, but we just have to accept that. Yeah. Um, we've got a wage structure that doesn't allow us to come outside of that. We're in this weird vacuum. We're just ranting now. Sorry, I'm just ranting now. No, no, I, I, I think you're right, but it is a difficult position to be in. You, We all want Celtic to progress, but where is the path for progression? It's yeah. difficult to, to be on that. And I think you would have... I personally think after seeing the Barcelona game, I think you have to accept that that same scoreline, that same level of disappointment could easily happen when we go away to Man City. Not because it's necessarily an amazing stadium and it's a daunting place to be, but because the players that you're playing against are on a different planet from you. When we go and play Gladbach, they're still on a much higher level than us, but maybe the goal ratio is maybe only three goals better than us as opposed to seven. It's difficult. It is difficult. Yeah, it is difficult. And to be honest, we could actually do a podcast on this. Um, yeah. And I think that might be an interesting idea. But anyway, we should we should wrap up. Um, we are on Twitter at 90 Minutes Cynic. We are the... That's the best place to get us because uh, we tweet there. We tweet all the time. We tweet all the links to the speaker and the iTunes. But on iTunes, if you search for 90 Minutes Cynic, we come up. If you could uh, subscribe and leave a little nice comment, that would be terrific. We're also part of the Hail Hail Media um, Network. Um, they're on Spreaker speaker.com slash hail hail media um we've got our own speaker speaker.com slash the 90 minute cynic um facebook.com slash 90 minute cynic we were doing some experimenting with facebook live on friday we might continue some of that stuff so that's quite interesting um so but at, at twitter at twitter at 90 minute cynic on twitter we'll get all of the information because we tweet regular louis mccaffrey it's been a pleasure it's been an absolute pleasure thanks for the tea Thanks for the biscuits that were provided. I didn't take one because I'm watching my, my fattening figure. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, I've been Enrico Chiesa and we'll speak to you down the road.